So I want to tell you about uh, one extra thing. Our life groups are starting back, which is great news. If you've been a part of life group before, then you know what they're about. They're about this small environment coming together, being connected, even as things would get larger, or maybe you get busy on Sundays, then you're able to be part of a life group. Now, life groups are going to happen the second and fourth week. If you've checked your calendar, then you already understand that this week coming in will be a second week, but we're doing fresh sign-ups. So if you've been part of groups before, I need you to sign up again. If you've not, then I want you to jump onto our website. It's vibeni.com forward slash life groups, or just go on the website and hit life groups. There's about nine different ones to choose from now. We're trying to give you a Lots of different options. If you're saying to me, I want to be part of three life groups, go do it. I, I don't know how you'll split yourself, but go do it anyway. But uh, our heart is this, to get involved and get part of it. I really believe that in life group, there's health. In life group, there's pastoral care. In life group, there's a support network to pray for each other, be there for each other. So I really want to tell you about it. We've got life groups all over. You'll find one even down Warren Point direction. You'll find them here. You'll find them Portadown. You'll find them all over. So get on the website. I'll after church, not right now, after church, and you can sign up to a life group. We're really looking forward to it, and I would really encourage you. Here's my dream, that we're going to have everybody in a life group. Uh, not because it makes, it makes us look good on paper, but because when we get into that small community, it means that we're there for each other, we can grow together, and we can see extraordinary things happen. Amen? So you can check that out later. Anyway, we're going to go to the Word of God today. Here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about gifting. I want to talk and remind you, I believe each one of us know that we've got some talents and abilities. But I want to remind you that you've got far more gifting going on in you than maybe you give yourself credit for. And maybe some other people see it, or maybe you don't see it and nobody else sees it, but God sees it. Let me give you an example. Anybody in here like hide and seek? I'm already putting my hand up because I like hide and seek. Anybody like hide and seek? Alan likes to come on. I got one person who's admitting the truth here. Come on, I got more people. And now here's a question. Did anybody play hide and seek this week? Yes, some people did. Brilliant. This makes it even better. Come on tomorrow. We're coming right. We're going to be playing hide and seek. This is awesome. But you know hide and seek is one of these great games. Now, the point of hide and seek is this. If you're really good at hide and seek, it becomes annoying, isn't it? Because it's like you're hiding, you're hiding. We can never find you. But in reality terms, you want to be found because who wants to hide under the stairs all day? So you want to find the treasure. You want to find the kid. You want to be found if you're on the receiving end. And when it comes to hide and seek, you got to realize that the whole point of the game is to find something. Well, I want to say to you that for some of us, we may be playing a bit of hide and seek with our giftings and with our talents, but God sees them. And if you would surrender them or make yourself available, you would find them. Or maybe another question for you is, anybody lost something and then you find it? Any like precious thing? Anybody do that before? I've done that before. You lost something, you had it, you find it, and then you're like, I can't believe it was there the whole time. You know, you, you just couldn't believe it. Or maybe you're still looking for something. Reese is like, I'm still looking for something. I remember you're still looking for something. And you're going to yourself, man, where did I put that silly thing? I'm trying to find it. There's nothing worse than realizing there's treasure and you can't find it. There's nothing worse than knowing there's treasure, but the other person doesn't see it. And I want to say to you that there's treasure inside of your life. There is gifting inside of your life. And God's saying, how are you going to use that gifting for the kingdom of God? And it's not a rhetorical question. And it's not one that cuts anybody out. Because I believe if you're already using some gifting for God, he wants to grow it. I believe if you're not, of course, then step into it. I believe there's more gifting inside of us than we can possibly imagine or think. But as we would present our lives and learn and grow, you will find there's so much more in you. Like you take your job, for example. 
example. Many of us are doing a job that we never, ever thought we'd ever do, but now you're able to do it, and you probably do it with ease. You may move jobs. You may go to a different job, and you find, well, I'm able to do that one too. As we discover gifting in our lives, we'll realize there seems to be no limit to it. There seems to be no limit to it whatsoever. Okay, we're going to go to first. Samuel chapter 16. If you got your Bible, then go with me to there on your phone, in the book, whatever you've got. We have it on screen, of course, but that's just in case you've got nothing else. If you've got something, look it up, underline it, save it, bookmark it, so you can check it out later. Now, this is the famous story of David, and David is looking after some sheep in a field. We had under here a moment, he's a sheep farmer. Who knew that the recipe to become a king was to become a sheep farmer? Well, that's the recipe. We're going to look at it today. First Samuel 16.1, it says this, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Wow. This incredible story of Samuel, I need you to forget about the past. The past is the past. Church, I speak that into your life today. You've got to forget about the past. You cannot change a thing in the past. You ever discovered that? You can't do it. So you've got to draw a line in that old stinking thing and forget it. Even if it's a good past, forget it. The gift is right now. Amen, Kirby? Come on. This is the gift. So don't get stuck in the past. Samuel, if you don't know the story of Samuel, he's a mighty man of God. He's a prophet of God. He hears from God. In the middle of the Old Testament, when nobody else heard from God, he's the guy who hears from God. But even he was susceptible of getting stuck in the past. And God speaks from heaven. He says, Samuel, move on. Move on. You've got to move on. For I want you to fill your horn and go. I am seeing sending you to Jesse, and there you're going to find a king. Verse 10, we're skipping down a few verses. You can read them later. Jesse made seven of his sons pass from Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, these are not the ones the Lord has chosen. And Samuel said to Jesse, are you not the, is there not anyone else here? And Samuel said, and Jesse says, are you the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. Church today, what the Lord is saying is that there could be some people pass by and you go, okay, they're the ones, they're the ones, they're the ones. But this day, Samuel looked and he said, no, the Lord has not chosen them. He's looking for somebody else. He's looking for somebody else. You see, the thing for the brothers were, they were already busy. They already had some things going on. God was looking for someone, not them. He was looking for somebody different. He was looking for the unseen one. He was looking, the Bible makes a, a very clear, the youngest one. I'm not sure it matters too much about his age. I think what it's trying to highlight is he was not the most known. He was probably the least of the least. He was probably the one that didn't get recognized yet. He was probably the last one on the list, and it proved to be. And yet God speaks and says, it's not these guys. Is there anybody else? And we're going to read it together. Here's what it says in verse 12. And the Lord says, arise, anoint him. David has appeared. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. I love what it says in that line. It says, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. This is the one. I don't think David could have ever imagined that this day was ever a possibility. But now the mighty man of God turns up, and he doesn't miss him, but he finds him, and he says, Arise, son, you are the one. Can, can we do something fun today to encourage our hearts? I want you all to stand. I want to I do something. Come on, let's all stand together. 
Uh, and here's what I want to declare over your heart. I want to say this. Arise, church. Arise, sons and daughters, because you are the ones. Amen? Anybody going to believe that today? Come on, I want you to believe. If you put your trust in Jesus, if you're a son or a daughter of the living God, then this is for you. This is for you. If you're not, then this could be for you. This should be for you. You've just got to say yes. So I want to put in your heart just one more minute or two. Arise. This is your time. Arise. You are the ones. Arise, sons and daughters. Don't look back. Don't sit down in, in, in the proverbial. No, arise now. This is time to go. This is your moment. You are the ones. Amen. Anybody saying amen? Come on, you can be seated. Thank you so much. But church, I, I, I need you to get this point. I need to get it. David was not significant. David was not well known. David was not famous. He was not on TikTok. Can you believe it? Like, he could not be spotted by anyone. The only one who could spot him was God. Church, the one who spots you all of the time is God. He sees you. He knows you. He understands you. And David, where did you find him? Looking after some sheep. Looking after some sheep in the field. And then the mighty man of God comes and finds him. Doesn't get distracted by all the other ones. In fact, even when he tried to get distracted, the Lord says, no, no, it's not them. It's not them. There's, there's another one coming. And then he steps forth and he says, arise, shine. This is my son. This is the one. I, I want us to think about a couple of things today. What happens for David is this. He goes from a sheep farmer to anointed to be king, back to a sheep farmer. You're like, what? What? I want you to put yourself in his shoes just for a moment. You've won the lottery, and then after you to tell you you've won the lottery, well, you can't have the money for about 20 years. You're like, ah, this is the worst news ever. It became great news, and now it's bad news. Or uh, you're going to be king, but you don't know when it's going to happen. We're just going to see what happens. You're like, well, what do you mean see what happens? What's going on? What's going to have to change? But for David in that moment, what he found himself was, he was anointed and appointed to be king, but it was not the time yet. Now, what on earth is going on here? The Bible tells us that David was about 15 at the time. He's 15. I don't think he ever dreamt about being king. I'm not sure this is what you would dream about back there. I think if you were living back in those days, you would realize and recognize that unless you're part of a king line, you're never going to be a king. Uh, unless you were, went to some sort of king school, you're not going to be a king. And if you're not around the right people, you're not going to be a king. And certainly, if you're a shepherd boy, you're not going to be a king. So it's not even on his radar. So what's God doing by saying, David, you're going to be a king? Well, first off, God sees differently than us, and we're going to read that very famous verse in just a moment. But the second thing is this. I wonder did God realize something that's what we can tend to forget, is that, David, you're my man, but to get to the place I want to bring you to, I've got to do some things inside of you. But I want to give you a picture of the future. I want to give you an idea that there is something for you, that you are going to be great, but I need you to walk through some things, and I need you to continue to serve the way you are right now. And I believe what the Lord has said to our hearts is that he wants to remind us, you are kings. You are queens. You may not sit on earthly thrones, but you are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Amen? Come on, we are the men and women of God, and what we speak and say and do impacts this nation and impacts the world. Wow. You see, what the enemy tried to do for evil, the Lord turns around for good. I mean, we had opposition to try and get our plan of remission, but when they would understand who they are, I tell you what, they will become part of what's going on here. In fact, the people have already begun. They're like, if you could get the vibe, if you could phone the guys at Vibe, we get these phone calls all the time. Like, I was told to phone you. I was told to email you. I was told to get in touch. Can I speak to Ian? Can I speak to, because the, the word has begun to spread. 
we're more than just a church. We're more than just what you think. We're not just about the Sunday. We're not just trying to tell you you're wrong, we're right. We're here to be a blessing, and we're much more concerned with you than you are with us. So give us a chance. God is doing something, and he was doing something back there, and he's doing something today. Now, for David, he didn't know how long he was going to wait. In actual fact, he would, he would have to live another twice of his life. He would have to live to 30-odd before he would ever get any glimpse of being a king. So imagine it, 15, you've been given news you never thought would ever happen, and then you just, you just continue to serve. You just continue to look after sheep, and then 15-odd years later, you get an opportunity to be king. It's an incredible, incredible thing. I think today the question is this, how are you going to serve the Lord with your giftings? See, the thing that I noticed about David was that he was not gearing up to become a king. He was not even thinking about being a king. How could you be? He's a simple sheep farmer looking after his father's sheep. He's just doing what his father needs him to do. But church, this is the key to everything. Because who would have thought that the most perfect training to become a king was to be a sheep farmer? Nobody in the world thought that. Nobody in the right mind would think that. Only the God of the universe would know that that was the key for to get there. So what my point of today is this, is that our job is not to figure out where am I going to be, where am I going to be, where am I going to be? I don't even worry about that. What I do is where can I serve, where can I be useful, where can I be available? And if I can be useful as a, as a farmer, as, if I can be useful as a mom, if I can be useful as a person that comes and cleans during the week in the church, if I can be a person that just bleeds it out every Friday night because I'm giving up every part of my social life just to pour into these kids or to pour into these youth, I tell you what, I think it could be a greater path than any other path. Because as Jesus said in the New Testament, if you want to be great, be a servant. You want to be a great, go low. I mean, you read it before over and over again. We talk about it all the time. Luke chapter 9. If you want to be my disciple, you want to be part of my gang, Jesus said. Well, it's easy, but it's kind of hard. you got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and die daily. Wow. Lord, this is not the plan for my life. I was thinking I was going to get Rolls Royces. I was thinking people were going to notice me. I was thinking this. I was thinking that. He says, no, it's the, it's the way of a humble servant. It's the way of a humble servant, whether it's sheep, whether it's here, whether it's there, but just serve the Lord. And then at the right time, he's just going to come and start elevating you. He's going to come and start using you. But there's gift inside of you. And I want to say to us, church, don't get too bogged down on what will I do with my gift and get, get stuck into how can I serve, how can I be useful. I'm not too worried about the end game. I'm worried about today. I'm worried about what's going on in this moment. And I want to serve the Lord. Now, here's what it says, verse 7. This is the criteria of why God picked him to be king. It's just crazy. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Wow. Wow. The Lord was not interested in his degrees. If you got a degree, bless him. He was not interested in his unbelievable talent. If you got it, fantastic. He was not that bothered about his unbelievable performance. Was he an amazing shepherd? Not really. What was he interested in? His heart. And here's what I want to say, church. I think it was his heart of like, okay, here's a guy who every day does what his father needs him to do. Wow, fantastic. Here's a guy that every day looks after the sheep. Here's a guy every day who protects the sheep, leads the sheep, causes the sheep to flourish. It's like it's a guy who seems to be putting his heart and soul into his ministry. Sheep farm is a ministry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clean the toilets, a ministry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, looking after your kids, a ministry? Absolutely. Going to your workplace that you don't like? Ministry. You know, being around people that you don't really want? Ministry. 
You know, like in about three, four weeks' time, we're going to go and do outreach in the estates. We're going to go to three different estates that week. You're going to meet people that probably are not like you, don't look like you, might even be wearing masks that you don't appreciate. But you know what? Get over it because we're there to be light. Amen? That's what we're calling the light parties. We're there to make a difference. We recognize and realize the times that we're in. And we say this, I'm here to serve the Lord. I can't pick and choose it. I'm here to serve the Lord. And he will see something deeper in me. And actually, it will be good for me. It will be good for me. In the midst of that, what does David learn? He learns how to take care of sheep. He learns how to be obedient to his father. He learns how to put his heart and soul into something. He learns to be obedient day after day after day. And here's the real thing that just blows my mind. God knew that if I tell this guy at 15 he's going to be king, I know he's going to continue to serve his father while he waits. Wow. Could you imagine that? That you get told you're going to be king and then you are all right to go back to serving sheep? Come on, that's not, uh, I'll just talk about me. I'd be like, Dad, there is no way I'm going back near those stinking sheep. I'm not going there. Dad, in fact, I'm going to tell you what to do because I've just been anointed king. I'm the man now. I am, and then your dad might have to sort you out. But you know what I'm saying? But we don't read that. What we read is that David said, okay, and he goes back to serving. He goes back to serving his father. He goes back to looking after those sheep. It feels like as if nothing has changed, but everything has changed. And as he begins to grow and continues to grow, he's on that path to becoming all that God has for him. Church, I want to ask you a question. There is a difference between a servant who loves to serve and a servant who's looking to get famous. There is. There's a big difference uh, even in the church world, there's a big difference between the servant who's looking to serve and doesn't care what it is. Just, I'm happy. I, I, just, I just want to serve the Lord because my, my, my value and my worth and my everything is not in what I'm doing in terms of serving. That'll be a byproduct. My value and my worth is in Him. So whatever I do, what did Paul write? Whatever I do, I'll do it for Him. I'll do it for the Lord. Or could we get twisted in the midst of it? Because, you know, sometimes our thinking gets a bit twisted and life just gets a bit twisted and, and we start to understand things from different perspectives and we go, well, I'm secretly serving here because I want his job. <laughs> you know, I'm secretly serving here because I'm thinking like one day I get paid for this thing. You know, I, I'm kind of like, I, I'm kind of serving because I, I, I want a title. I, I, would, I would like to be recognized. So I'm kind of serving. Can I say this, church? Is it fine to have ambition and dreams? Of course but please don't put it in front of just simple service. Simple service. What did Jesus say? I haven't come to get famous. I've come to die. I haven't come to get well known. I've come to make you known. I've come to step in the gap for you. I've come to die for you. We sang it earlier in the song. He split the seas so we could walk right through it. Think about that from the Old Testament, but then bring it to the New Testament. He didn't split no more seas. He split his son. Jesus split in two for us. He, he like bled right out for us because he wanted us to walk straight into victory. And we are here today as the men and women of God. Come on, church. We are here as the men and women of God. And we are called to serve and lay down our lives. And you're going to find a treasure like you cannot believe. David became king. Nobody else did. And he got chosen because he was just a humble shepherd boy. And the Lord says, I've seen his heart. And he's got the right stuff for me. Let's go. Church, I want to say to you, pull back from all the things you're trying to orchestrate. Pull back from all the things you're trying to put into place to try to get to somewhere. Who cares where you get to? Get to him. Get to him. Make yourself available and use your giftings for him and watch what he does and leave it up to him. It will be far better. See, for David, what he realized, or maybe he realized it later, sheep farming changed his life. It really did. 
said already, but he protected the sheep. He fed the sheep. He led the sheep, and he caused the sheep to flourish. What an incredible reality. My question is this. How are you going to serve the Lord? I'm not sure David would have picked sheep farming, but that's what he got. But he served his father. It was about his father. It was not about what he did. I want to say the same to you. It's about your father. It's not really about what you do. You're just available. Now, I want to tell you about me just for a moment, just for, just for fun, or at least I, I hope it'll be fun. It's like David looked after some sheep. You know where the Lord changed me? In the hen house. In the hen house for years. We used to have a hen house, 10,000 hens in it. And I want to tell you some of the things that the Lord taught me in there. Because sometimes you look back and you say to yourself, what on earth was the point of that? What on earth was the point of that silly job? What on earth was the point of that part of my life? What on earth was that all about? But here's what I learned. Uh, you, had to be, uh, you had to be relentless if you were going to work in that hen house. Because every day it smelled the same. Every day it got hotter. And every day those silly hens laid eggs. So you had to keep going. You could not quit. You learned not to quit. You learn to go every day. You learn to be faithful. You learn to get outside of yourself because you know what you realize? If you start to moan and complain about it every day, it just gets harder and harder and harder. In fact, here's what I began to learn. I began to learn that the less I complain and the harder I work, the faster I get out of there. Praise the Lord. That's what I wanted. The faster I get out of there. But it taught me day after day after day, faithfulness. It taught me day after day, sticking out something. It taught me day after day, even though I don't really like it, why don't I start to dream about other things? I'm telling you this. Everything that I've seen in this last few years, I dreamed it all in the hen house. It's just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. But who knew that the way to become a king was a sheep farmer? Who knew that the way to become a church planter was work in the hen house? God did. Because what he's really trying to do is your heart. He's not really interested up here in your mind and all your incredible performance. He's interested in your heart. He wants to mold you and shape you and give you that stickability and give you that no quit mentality and give you that heart to love people and that heart to come around people. I also, in the midst of the hen house, here's the other thing I discovered, that hens love singing. Because I learned to worship the Lord in the hen house. They loved it. I mean, no joke. And so in the early days, I got to lead worship. In the youth, I got to lead worship. And at my old church, and then when I got here, I said, guys, no more leading worship. You guys got to do it. But in the hands, you know, they, those hands, they love my singing. I would sing them day after day after day, and they would sing back to me. I could make their, I'm not going to make their noises, but they would sing back to me, and they were my biggest fans. But in that place, I discovered the purposes and the plans of God in simple service. Did I want out of there loads of times? Yes. Did I want it to end loads of years? Absolutely yes. But it was inevitable, and I was stuck there. And I thought to myself, I'm going to have to dig deeper. And that's what I did. And you know the most ironic thing of the whole thing? I, I kind of wish we had a hen house still. I kind of like the idea of going to the hen house. It was just one of those places. You could find God there. You could learn. You could grow there. I appreciate it. Church, what I'm saying is this. What are the mundane tasks that you find yourself in? Just like doing the washing. Just, I don't know, feeding the kids. Uh, going to work every day. Just having to do this. Having to do that. It's in those moments that you you don't realize that God is doing something inside of you that's changing you forever. It's changing you for the future. Because when you get to the real thing uh, or you get to the place where he's bringing you to, then you're ready for it and you're able and you're able to function and you're able to go through. I want to encourage you today. There are things in your life you need to stick at and they're going to bring you through because they're changing your heart. I want to encourage you. There are jobs in this church and we need more people, part of our teams. And you can look at the list and go, well, I kind of like that and I don't like 20 other things. Or you can just say, hey, where do you need me? And we will get you a place. And I tell you what, when you get there, you serve and you pour out and watch what the Lord is going to do. If it's all about me, then I've missed the point. 
I've missed it. But if it's all about him, then I'll serve and I'll go for it. Okay, let me give you a few more things and then we're going to get finished up. You see, the big question is this. What are we going to do as we serve? What are we going to do as we go forward with God? Is it all going to be about, well, I'm just trying to read, I'm just trying to pray, I'm just trying to worship, or I'm just trying to share my faith? Or are we going to get stuck in? You see, when David was picked to be king, where was he? He was keeping the sheep. He wasn't just sitting waiting. He wasn't sitting praying. He wasn't sitting worshiping. But you know what we discover with the life of David is that he wrote love songs as he worshiped. He didn't realize at the time, but his love songs would end up getting into the book, and it'd be called the Book of Psalms. And so, so many of the songs that he wrote, so many of the poems that he wrote, so many of the thoughts that he had ended up in the Word of God. In other words, what he thought would just be the ordinary started to become the extraordinary. What he thought would could not be a place where God would do anything became a place where God did everything. And I want to say to you, wherever you find yourself, plug in, connect, start serving, get involved, and watch how the Lord is going to develop you and grow you, and you'll never be the same again. And all the ugly parts and the hard parts and everything else, keep going. He's doing something far greater there than you can realize. Now, here's some of the things I want to stretch your heart with. Isaiah 58, 12. We're going to go to this one. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12. If you've been gifted, I want to say to you, you've been gifted to do significant kingdom work. We're going to read it. It says this, your people, our people, us, the men and women of God, will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairers of the broken walls, restorer of the streets with dwellings. You see, I thought for a long time I was just lifting eggs. I thought for a long time I was just going to the hen house. I thought that's all it was. I'm sure David for a long time thought he was just looking after his sheep, father's sheep. But what was he doing? This is what he was doing. He was rebuilding ancient ruins and raising up age-old foundations. In the spirit, something was happening. In the world of heaven, something was taking place. And what are we doing here? Are we just doing church? Absolutely not. We are stepping into something that God has begun hundreds and possibly even thousands of years in this nation. And we're saying, Lord, we're ready to pick up the baton. We're ready to pick up the call. We're ready to go for this thing. We're ready to lay it down. We've been doing it. We will continue to do it. When you go to serve, what are you doing? You're not just serving on kids. You're not just serving to clean the toilets. You're not just coming to help out in the food bank or do this or do that. You're not just making a bright box for the sake of bright box. You're not just doing that. You're doing something far bigger and far greater. And every now and again, God gives us a glimpse. Every now and again. Like, David, you're going to be king. Okay, back to job. Back to work. Every now and again, we get a glimpse of it. But this is true. You're a part of a much bigger story. Don't miss it. You're a part of something so much bigger and so much more significant. Our minds can't even take it in. That's why God doesn't share it all. Because he goes, "It's it's just too much. But I'll reveal and I'll show as we go along the way. And then verse uh, Jeremiah 29, not 29, 11, but 29, 7. Just reading it afresh this week. Here's what it says. Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. Come on, let's just take a couple of minutes just to bring this thing down and, and put it right into your hearts. Can I say this? Matthew 6, 33 says this, that we should seek first the kingdom of God and every other thing will be added to us. The Bible tells us over and over and over again, I'm Jehovah Jireh, I'm the God who provides. Uh, the Bible tells us over and over again, you shouldn't worry about tomorrow, just let tomorrow, take, or let tomorrow take care of itself. Focus on today. The Bible says over and over again, trust your heavenly Father, he will supply all of your needs. The Bible teaches us and tries to equip us over and over and over again, cast all of your cares, all of your worries, every single problem you have on him. 
Now, the immature Christian says this, I, I can maybe do it, but I'll still have to keep a bit for myself. Or the reason why I'm doing it is just so I can chill. No, no, no. The reason why God asked for that, the reason why he even suggested, the reason why he even demands it at times is because we have been called for higher purpose. You see, what some people haven't recognized yet, and maybe even our friends in the council didn't recognize for a long while, is that if they would allow us to prosper, this whole city prospers because we are the men and women of God. Amen? If every business, business owner got it, they would just only hire Christians because they would recognize if you bring the Christians into the workplace, the workplace changes because we change the whole system because we are light and the world is darkness. Amen? And we're not coming with self-righteousness. We are coming with Christ's righteousness. We are coming with breakthrough. We are coming with anointing. We are coming with healing. We are coming to say, hey, my God sets you free. If you've had an issue in the past, my God redeems, restores, and makes you brand new again if you put your trust in him. You see, church, what the Lord is trying to do is, he's saying, you've never been designed to, hurry, to carry heavy loads. You've always been designed to bring it often, little and often to me, all of the time. And you have been set up to go, to change, to prosper, to increase, to set captives free, to do this, to do that. We're praying for our kids all the time. You want to know why? That they would not fall into the traps that we fell into, but that they would go and do significantly greater things far faster and far sooner than us. Amen? When you get kids, you're going to agree with that. If you've got kids, you should agree with that. We are not looking to live our lives through our kids. We're looking to see ourselves support our kids to do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God so they're going to change nations. I'm believing for it. I'm believing that if we don't see it, they see it. And if they don't see it, our grandkids see it. And it's not a wing and a prayer. It's diligence. It's faith. Faithfulness is pouring it all out day after day to make sure that some of us get there because this city needs it. These people need it. Come on, we are here to prosper the whole city. I want to say to you today, church, what are the things that you have to lay down so that you can serve the kingdom of God? You see, the trap is simple and the trap's been a really effective one for a long time. I've got to work hard to get the stuff that I need to provide for my family. It's actually not that biblical. The, the biblical process is this. I serve the Lord with everything I have. He provides everything I have need of, and I continue to reach the lost, and I continue to bless the city. In fact, what does Acts chapter 2 teach us? Bring everything in. Bring everything to the disciples' feet. Bring everything you have. Bring your money. Bring your time. Bring your property. Bring everything. We'll split it between each one. No one will lack anything, and the Lord will add to our number every single day. Wow. This is the way of the kingdom. The goal of life was never to get into our bunkers and to say it's me against the world and it's you against the world and it's every man for himself. No, the way of the kingdom was this, is this. We are the body of Christ and the body of Christ work together, succeed together, feel together, overcome together, weep together, but nothing shall stop us. And we are a body that grows. Come on, maybe you're standing in your own physical body. I don't want to grow, Lord. I want to lose weight. But this body, it grows. It constantly grows because more people are being added and we're praying for it and we're asking for it and we're going for it. Church, I want to say to this, the trap of the enemy is I've got no time to serve because I'm so busy trying to get. No, the, the, the goal of a Christian is, I'm so busy serving, I've got barely any time left to do anything else. I'm serving the purposes of God. I'm laying down my life. And there are days and there are weeks and there are months where I'm going, what on earth am I doing this for? And then I remind myself, come on, if the city prospers, I prosper. If my kids club on Friday prospers, I prosper. If my church prospers, I prosper. If my school prospers, my kids prosper. Come on, everything begins to change. It takes the pressure off me and my stuff and me trying to sort my life out. And suddenly we realize, wow, if we serve the Lord, he serves us. Amen? If we serve the Lord, he serves 
us. Here's what I've discovered. I'm going to get our worship team to come. They've been dining kids. They're going to come back to us. But you know what I've recognized? That the fruit of us using our gifting is, is unbelievable. I wrote down just a few things. It's faith. It's excitement. It's joy. It's satisfaction. It's strength. If you were at the men's night last night, the men were buzzing. I'm telling you that. They were buzzing. If you weren't at the men's night, I hope you were buzzing wherever you were uh, serving the Lord, wherever that was. But they were excited. They were, they were encouraged. They were blessed because of what the Lord was doing. I want to say to you, when you begin to use your giftings and you use it for the Lord and use it for his kingdom, there's just something that begins to bubble over you. It's just an excitement. You start to gather people. You start to gather the people around you and go, if it could be good for you, maybe it could be good for me. And I want to say to you that Give it a go if you haven't done for a while. If you've not found yourself serving for a long time, if you've not get plugged in for a long time, get plugged in. I'm not saying it all has to be here, but it, some of us should definitely be here if you're part of this house, then you work in the house. Makes sense, doesn't it? If you live at home, you contribute to home. If you live at home, then you take care of home. This is part of it. But we're not exclusive. So that's why we go and be a blessing in other places. That's why we got Reese. He's connected to ambassadors, but we just won't let him go. He's a survivor as well. But we, we just, we, we're together because we are the body of Christ. We are the kingdom of God. Can we stand together, church? We're going to pray. How are you going to serve the Lord with your gifting? How are you going to serve the Lord with your talent? I got final three things I want to just hit your heart with. I want to say this. You need to join a team. You need to join, join a couple of teams. You need, to, you need to get stuck in. No choice. Just go for it. You'll be blessed. You get around other people that will inspire you. If you lack an inspiration, get around some people that inspire you. I tell you what, they blow me away all the time. They blow my socks off because they're so inspirational. I get around these guys and youth and kids and young adults. I get around these guys. They, they inspire me so much. You need to serve the Lord. You need to serve the Lord wherever you find yourself, every place you find yourself. Come on, we're going to pray. Lord, I thank you today for your goodness. And I pray, Lord, that there is something that is changing inside of each one of us that's saying, okay, I, I, I've got gift and I've got talent. I'm going to give this. I pray, Lord, today that there are many other things that want to get in our ways, but, Lord, I pray that we will not fall for the trap of if I don't care of me, take care of me, no one does. What a lie. The king is providing for you every day. David could not be found by anyone, but the Lord knew where he was. His dad didn't recognize him, but his heavenly father did. His dad couldn't see that he was a king. He thought he was just a sheep farmer. But his heavenly father thought, this guy's the perfect guy to become king of Israel. We are the ones today, church. You may say, well, this job's never going to get me anywhere. This service is never going to get me anywhere. Doing that's never going to get me anywhere. It's not it. Wherever you find me, I'll serve the Lord. Wherever you put me, I'll serve the Lord. Wherever there's an opportunity, I'll serve the Lord. Lord, I pray for willing, humble servants that will simply say, use me, Lord. Leader, tell me what to do. I'm ready to serve. Lord, I thank you for a church that knows what it is to work for the kingdom of God. I thank you for a people that knows what it is to serve the kingdom of God. I pray for our giftings to increase. I pray for our talents to increase. I pray for all the dreams that we have, the wildest dreams to come through. And I pray as we would simply serve, it would be the most incredible preparation for the days ahead. Lord, I thank you that our prayers change this city. I thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to 
prosper this city and as it prospers, we prosper. Lord, thank you for that unbelievable opportunity to step into that as just normal everyday servants. Thank you, Lord, that you have equipped me and called me and you're wonderful in all your ways. Amen. Come on, church, I, I encourage our hearts today. It is time to rejoice. It is time to praise. You know what I love, again, I said over and over again, is that David wrote songs as he looked after those sheep. That is not normal. But there was a joy in him. There was a purpose in him. There was something deeper that was going on inside of him. And so he couldn't help but write songs, even though he was looking after sheep. She couldn't help write songs, even though she was just cleaning toilets. He couldn't help but praise the Lord, even though he was just doing some old job that nobody else recognized. Come on, we are the men and women of God that worship and serve and rejoice wherever you put us. Amen?